This podcast was made with Descript. Descript is a groundbreaking new media tool that allows creators to edit audio and video like a text document and create a realistic clone of their own voice for seamless edits. Please check out our Patreon at Asian Hustle Network. We want Asians to continue being meaningful and give back to the Asian community. If you enjoy our podcast and would like to contribute to our feature, we hope you become a patron. Hey guys, welcome to the Asian Hustle Network podcast. My name is Brian. And my name is Maggie. And we interview Asian entrepreneurs around the world to amplify their voices and empower Asians to pursue their dreams and goals. We believe that each person has a message and a unique story from their entrepreneurial journey that they can share with all of us. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Asian Hustle Network podcast. Today, we have a very special guest with us. His name is Alan Chung, also known as Alan King. And he is the founder and creative director behind luxury brand A Kings. His brand is recognized for its signature J-shaped cut, a cut that allows his denim to be worn by everyone from 4'11 to 7 feet. It's a denim for all heights. Alan's designs include skinny stacked jeans, everyday tops and jackets, and essential accessories and masks. The label can best be described as clothing that makes you feel like a king. And his brand can be seen on artists such as Lil Baby, Lil Nas, Steve Aoki, Taiga, and many more. His work and industry opinions are featured by major publications like Entrepreneur, Esquire, Forbes, GQ, and Vogue, to name a few. Alan, welcome to the show. Oh, man, thank you guys for having me. That was, that was quite an introduction. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're super excited to have you on, Alan. So let's hop right into it. Tell us about your upbringing and what led you down the entrepreneurial path. Yeah, so um, I come from, uh, so I, I come from like an early, um, it's an entrepreneurial kind of family. You know, we're, uh, we're an immigrant family. I'm first generation, um, but uh, the, the entrepreneur in a sense, you know, my family came to the U.S. wanting a better life. And um, they essentially started uh, in the restaurant uh, industry, you know, some um, Fujinese. So it's very common in the Fujinese immigrant uh, New York story. Um, we had a restaurant in New Jersey. Um, I kind of watched and I think, you know, that seeing them kind of, um, hustle and, uh, put that work and sacrifice in, um, now looking back at it, it's really inspiring and it really uh, hammered in like a work ethic for me. Um, and I think, you know, just growing up, I, I felt like, um, I just, from the earliest, like my earliest memory memories have always been, um, kind of like solving problems and then finding ways to um, kind of make some money on it. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so in, in a way, like, for example, like I remember in second grade, uh, a kid once asked me for my homework because he broke his leg and uh, I sold him, I sold him my homework. So it was kind of like random, like little bits like that. And then, you know, like things that I, I kind of liked, like I was collecting cards, like, you know, like Yu-Gi-Oh cards, Pokemon cards, things like that. And then that, um, that eventually led to things like, oh, wow, like I can, you know, growing up in New York, like, wow, like I can wear or buy um, Supreme or like the sneaker and um, I can wear it and sell it and for even higher than retail, right? So it just naturally um, seemed to be something that started to make sense. And I started attaching, you know, value into fashion because of those things. And um, so uh, for me, that made a lot of sense because I was just so tired of wearing hand-me-downs and I was just like, okay, like that's like one really cool way for me to have nice clothes. and that led to me kind of wanting to make um, something, you know, for myself, like something that I felt was missing. And 
um, picking better fabrics and things like that for what I'm wearing and people around me. Mm -hmm. Wow. wow. So (laughs) while you were growing up in New York, it sounds like we know that you didn't even come from like a fashion background, right? I think that you were working at a medical malpractice firm when you were in college, but you ended up quitting that job and dropping out of college. Can you talk about your experience, um, like dropping out of college and what made you make that jump? Yeah, so actually I think I was um, more so, it was in high school. I was, uh, so it was an opportunity in high school where um, I went to a high school that was on Wall Street. So literally across the street, there's they were offering like an internship slash job. And um, I took it and I ended up working like 40 hour a week, you know, during the summers with them. And I was just like, man, I hate this job. Like. Um, it was honestly a really well-paid job for a high school kid. I was just like, wow, like looking back at it, I was like, wow, like the benefits were really nice uh, for a high school kid. But um, it just definitely made me realize like, I, I don't want to be, uh, this is not what I want to do. You know, I was offered kind of like an apprenticeship where I, I could shadow this lawyer. And um, I saw this guy settle, you know, like millions of dollars in, in the time that I was with him um, for medical malpractice. But, and so it really opened up my eyes of like, wow, like this is, this is possible and there's other opportunities in the world. And, um, but it, it definitely was like, Hey, this is not what I want to do and pursue. Um, so uh, when I got to college, I, I was already kind of, um, working on, you know, um, fashion. I was always creating things in high, even in high school, like I made, I made hoodies. I, I actually did cut and sewn hoodies when I was in high school and, um, I was prototyping my first jeans in like senior year of high school. So, um, when I got to like freshman year of college, I, I just kind of, you know, um, it's like every year of school, I increasingly just was like, okay, this is not for me. And I think freshman year of college was kind of that trigger. You know, I I grew up with that, um, that model like Asian where uh, my sister's like NYU grad and um, you know, like my my younger brother just graduated NYU and you know, we're we're kind of like very academic focused. But um, for me, it was just like, man, like as I try to climb the college, uh, college education, ladder I just was like I'm not really learning things that um, I want to um, or I feel like it would apply to me and um, so when I dropped out I remember actually texting my sister about this um, the like literally last week where um, so I was at a fork road where I I was doing um, I had to go to London Fashion Week do a New York Fashion Week runway um, do a Las Vegas trade show and then do a New York trade show. And this is right after, um, this is literally right after like the winter break. So I think it was like the February, January period. Um, and so I do all of those things. I'm like, you know what? Like I- I've been gone from school for, for basically this entire semester. What is the, if I come back now, I- I'm probably going to fail. <laughs> Chances are right. And, um, so I, it was kind of like, okay, like what, what if I just wrote out this semester or just gave it a shot and, and tried. And I remember like having this conversation with my sister, you know, and, and I'm so grateful for the kind of like her words, because I look back at a lot of different advice that people give, um, in different points in their lives. And, you know, and, um, I I feel like, you know, what she kind of told me really helped me, um, make that shift faster. You know, maybe, maybe if, um, so what she kind of said, you know, when, when I had the conversation with her was, like, hey, you know, college is always going to be here. Um, if you really feel like this is the right time for you to give it a try, like just do it for a semester, a year, see what happens, you know, um, because it seems like you're, you're already doing it and, you know, you can always, college will not change, you know, it's gonna, but this opportunity is here for you now. Um, 
So I think that really shifted it. And, and I thanked her the other day because I just hear so much advice now where, you know, some people are like, Hey, you know, it could have gone so differently. Like maybe she could have said, Hey, like you have one more year left for your associates or like, Oh, like, you know, write out your two more years, three more years. See, like then, then figure it out. Right. So, um, I, I'm really grateful for like what she said. And, um, as, especially with like our upbringing and like everything like that culturally, um, I feel like probably most people would have suggested that. Yeah, yeah, that, that's so powerful to hear because, you know, the similarity is back when I was 19, I had a business venture that was starting to take off. It's like around Boba. And then I was told by my parents, my sister, to stop doing that and focus on school. So as a result, I started my first company 10 years later, you know? So I'm just looking at you as an example of, man, like I should just gone for it and just hustle a lot harder. And we're proud of what you achieved so far, you know, like, we read your story in Asian Hustle Network. Mm-hmm. We see that you, you live, breathe, and, and and so passionate about what you do. Like you're the def- you're the hustler. So where does that hunger and mentality come from? Was it something taught by your parents, or is it something that you sort of just realized at a young age that you wanted to do this? And you wanted to do, to do it really really badly. Yeah, um, I think from a young age, I. I um, I wanted, I wanted something better, not just for myself, but also for like my family and things like that. So, um, that, I think that started and kind of stemmed that, um, that's where a lot of the hunger kind of stemmed from. And, um, I think just growing up in New York, I think there was a lot of polarity between, you know, like, um, even in public schools and stuff like that of, um, people's upbringings and things like that. So, um, it, it really made me realize like there, there's a lot of opportunity that, um, and me being so grateful, like just, you know, I got a chance to go to Fuzhou and, you know, kind of see where my mom and, and my grandma and, and my dad was raised and things like that. And I was just like, wow, like for them to get to even to, um, New York, uh, it was a huge step. Right. So I just kind of look at it now, like it's, you know, it's kind of like, they've got me to point a, which is like maybe New York for me. And then, um, it's my kind of, um, it's kind of like part of my life to carry that. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, I think there's a little bit of that, um, in there. And, um, now a lot of my hunger too, is just like being conscious of, um, we have a really, we have like a fairly young team, you know, like everybody's roughly around my age and, um, everybody's in their twenties and we're, um, as everybody's growing, you know, and, um, the company's growing and things like that. I, I'm really aware of like, everybody's life is going to be changing as well. And, um, I want to make sure that everybody is also growing with us. And, uh, so I think it's as uh, the hunger has actually like grown to like serving more people, uh, that. That's amazing. You know, we were, we were reading the AHN story, um, that you had interviewed for, and we know that you actually taught yourself to sew right and everything you you know about fashion and designing you actually learned from youtube and google university you also watch your tiktoks by the way (laughs) oh yeah you're so amazing and i remember distinctively this one tiktok where you were talking about how you didn't actually imagine TikTok would be one of your avenues to, you know, yeah. for marketing, but it actually, you actually blew up on there and you were actually doing Instagram only, right? Yeah. But you blew up on TikTok. Um, but yeah, you taught yourself how to sew. You learned everything through YouTube and Google University. I feel like a lot of people who look up stuff online, let's say if they want to go into fashion, right? And they look up stuff online. I feel like 
oftentimes they get so paralyzed because there's so much information on the internet, they don't know where to start. So can you talk about your experience starting, you know, just learning fashion and designing on online, like what your experience was like there? Yeah, so that's actually a really good question. So on what I found is kind of like Google's really good for information and, and YouTube as well. Um, but also in life, it's, it's kind of like asking the right questions like asking intelligently is one of the best ways to put it. So um, I've always, you know, when I Google something, I kind of ask like, what am I trying to achieve in that? And, and um, you know, if it is literally just learning how to sew, then, you know, I'm, I'm asking really specific questions. Like, hey, am I trying to sew a button down or a hoodie um, instead of like a broad um, specific thing, right? So for me, um, whatever it was, I took it step by step and I asked questions directly for whatever that result was. Um, and I think one thing I learned though, like really early on, um, I did teach myself how to sew, but I also, um, actually took like a menswear sewing class in F at FIT, um, in high school. So, um, but the one thing I learned from that semester was just like, man, I'm not a seamstress and, um, I, I do not want to be a seamstress for the rest of my life. And, um, there, if there's people out there that have been doing it for 20 plus years, I need to find them. I need to partner with them. Uh, I need to work with them, hire them, do something to, um, because this is not what I want to spend my time on. Um, and, and I mean that because I really respect, you know, like the work and, um, for, for a person that's starting a brand to sew a button down, right? Like, of course, like somebody puts in, oh my God, I put in one semester or 40, um, 40 hours a week into this button down, but it really doesn't make sense for you to charge for your, your time in that sense. Right. Because it's like somebody else could have sold it and, and yeah. probably have sold a straight line versus, um, whatever you did out of a home machine or just like one machine, because a lot of garments, you know, take like five different machines to sew, especially denim. So I learned that like really quickly, um, that, while it was a skill that like, I'm happy that I was like, okay, I got to experiment with it. It definitely was not something I was like, Hey, I'm going to uh, continue this on forever. Um, and I, I think on the self-education process, um, I just took it step by step of like every single thing that I wanted to learn. I just asked, um, what I was trying to do, you know, like, let's say it was um, making a garment, but I was like, okay, if I don't know how to sew, like, how can I communicate this to somebody that can? So it's like making a tech packet. Like, how do I make a tech packet? Like, what does a tech packet look like? Right. Mm -hmm. And just getting like Google image references of that. And, um, you know, just, um, not being overwhelmed by like, of course there's, there's like this overall goal, but Hey, like taking those things and making them, um, bring those closer to you, you know, bringing those steps closer to you is really, really important because if you get lost in how big that goal is, you're, you know, you're never going to achieve it because it just seems so far away. Right. But if you can bring that close, like closer and closer and closer, and you just take one step, one step, one step, it's kind of like stacking that confidence. And as you stack the confidence up, then you kind of look at the, the larger target and you're like, Oh, I can get there. Mm -hmm. yeah. I guess this is a good segue to kind of talk about your second post in AHN where you talked about DMing celebrities, you know, <laughs> what kind of preparation did you have before you DM them to make sure that you left the best impression? Oh man. Uh, honestly, I had no preparation. <laughs> um, I think, I think it was just kind of like, um, this is, you know, this, like there, there was no real, like, Hey, I'm going to prepare. Yeah. There, there was just kind of like, Hey, like this is, this is what I'm doing. I'm, I'm posting everything. I'm sharing everything already. Um, let me shoot my shot. I, I, I didn't really expect anybody to reply to, you know, and yeah. so, so I think there was a little bit of that. Um, but I didn't really overthink it. I just figured, Hey, like if, if somebody replied and gave me the chance, it was dope. And the worst thing that would happen is I spent 30 minutes and nothing happened. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. 
So I just approached it like that without, um, but of course, like we had our website, we had like our social medias up and we had um, things going on already, right. but uh, it was no real like direct preparation for um, specific celebrities to reach out to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we yeah. get to give you a lot of props too, because that, that takes a lot of courage, you know, and a lot of people I realize who's just starting out have that mental blockage of like, I don't know if I'm good enough to do these type of things, you know, but hats off to you for, for hustling that hard. We love it. We love those type of stories. Yeah. I think one thing to know also is like, you mentioned that you didn't really prepare. And I think that's what makes it so special because you came out authentically. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was, it just came out naturally. But if you like prepare too much, it might come off like really salesy to some of these celebrities. So I think because you didn't prepare for it, it was just like, let me just shoot my shot and see what happens. And they thought, you know what, this guy seems really authentic. Like I'm going to respond. Yeah. So there's a topic that you brought up earlier too. And it's something that we've kind of been curious about. Do, do you believe, do you personally believe college is important? Is college for everyone or no college is better? Um, Personally, I think there's specific things that college is still good for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I also think there's specific people that are, um, that where they are in life, like college actually makes sense. Um, but for some people, like college definitely doesn't make sense. For me, it didn't make sense. Um, for me, part of the reasons it didn't make sense was actually like, I, I looked at, um, I remember Googling when I was applying to college, like average designer salary in New York or something like that. And it was yeah. something like 40 grand a year. And then I looked up like Parsons, uh, Parsons, like tuition costs. And it was like 40 grand a year. And I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm going to get nowhere at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so it was a little bit of that for me where I was like, if I'm going to take on that debt, um, if, if I'm going to take on that debt, then it, it doesn't make sense. Right. Like the ROI would take like forever. And I, I calculated that and I was like, man, like, I just don't see that um, happening. I'd rather invest that into um, myself and try it. Like, hey, if I if I was able to, because I was like, you know, reselling and doing all these other things, I, I had like some money saved up where I was like, oh, I'd rather take this money, invest it, and and uh, try and make that my education. Like, the real world is my education in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but at the same time, like, I think think there's things that um, college is really really good for. And I think that um, growing up in New York made it a really, really special scenario where college wasn't super big for me. Like, you know, I still got to meet a lot of college kids. I I got to, you know, I got to know like some of my good friends that graduated um, schools like NYU and, you know, Parsons and all of that too. And, um, but it just was like, so I got to kind of lean on some of the resources in that way of people and, and, you know, what they're learning. But um, at the same time, I think like, you know, so I, I think like college puts a builds like that college time that I'm kind of noticing is it does build certain different experiences and, and life experiences, right? For a lot of people. Um, and a lot of people lean on that for like their professional careers and things like that. Um, so I think if you're gonna, let's say like, if you're in college now and you're watching this and you're, you're gonna drop out and things like that, then um, you have to factor that into account. And you're like, hey, like, what are you gonna do for the other, you know, like 365 days of the next year? Um, to build those life experiences with people like are you meeting new people are you building new relationships even when you're out of school are you or are you just going to like uh, cram yourself in your basement and you know not not come out and try to work on something Um, because I I do think that um, building the life experiences and building the people like having the people around you is really important and um, when like it's definitely something I wouldn't uh, discount you know and as long as people continue kind of putting more of their kids in colleges, then I feel like that will keep happening. But um, 
there's stuff, you know, like there's definitely certain things I don't think college is really helpful for. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really, really <laughs> yeah. good perspective to hear too. And I feel like college is not for everyone. Mm-hmm. Some of the most successful people I know in my life did not go to college. Some of the most successful people I did go to college. And right. it just depends on where you are in life. You know, if you come into, come into college feeling kind of lost, then yeah, go to college. It helps you meet new people, build connections, figure out more about yourself. If you go to college knowing who you are and what you want to do in life, it's a different thing. Mm-hmm. Go hustle. You know, that's my perspective, at least. Yeah. Yeah, I think, like, also a lot of people that we met, like successful people, they actually think, you know, like, similar to what you said, they would rather use their time and money and invest in themselves and their passion rather than, you know, spend four years in college. And in that time frame, in four years, they could have been working on their business, right? Exactly. So it's like they feel like they miss their train if they spend four years in college, but everyone's different. You know, some people use college for, you know, their professional career. So we know that at age 21, you started A Kings. So let's talk a little bit about A Kings. And I guess this is like a two part question. As a young entrepreneur at that time at age 21, what was your experience like starting A Kings and how did the J shape cut come to be for your brand? Yeah, so um, I started. I start so before A Kings, I, I had a, I had a f- tried launching a few different brands. Like huh. I, you know, and when I say that, I mean like in high school where I had little to no capital. I was kind of like, you know, like if I, I just made mockups on the computer. Like I googled like free sweater mockups, right? And I just put my yeah. logo on it, wow. things like that. And um, I tried to sell it. So this is before uh, dropshipping and everything like that. So I tried to do like print on demand, but um, just like do a local screen printer where I tried to like see if anybody would buy it and then I would, I would make it. Um, and I, so I, I always like, I kept trying different things. And I think um, leading up to that, you know, leading up to um, the J shape, when, when I was making the J shape um, and prototyping it, it was something that really um was a little bit of by accident you know i had a design mentor who who was uh you know i was sketching things and i was not really a that that nice of an artist Mm -hmm. so i i drew a little bit of a curved pant and i was kind of like hey like you know and and i when i sent it back i think i still have the email i know something she said something along the lines of like hey you know this is going to be like a curved pant if you send this to the factory and um I was just like, you know, like maybe we should just try a really curved pan and see what happens. And so I made this curved pan prototype and I, I just put it on the floor and I remember taking a photo of it on Reddit and it, it blew up on Reddit. Like I, I put it on Facebook, somebody reposted on Reddit. So we were like on slash raw denim. We suddenly became like the top upvote and um, somebody magically found like my, I think it was like a big cartel website or something at the time. Yeah. And, um, just like magically found that link, right? And then they, they um, I was like, holy shit. So all of my traffic started becoming um, this jean, this blue jean that, that was a J shape. And, and it was a photo of um, it out of floor, which, which evolved after all that traffic. I like took photos in my laundromat. It was like me standing on my bench <laughs> on a, with a tripod. <laughs> um, I'm surprised people bought it. I, I mean, like, I think that's what makes like e-commerce so amazing where it, it was like people, people trusted this like big cartel website and, and my stock images, wow. but, um, but yeah, um, it, it was something, you know, where I think like that process. So that process, like, I don't want to make it seem like, Hey, like this was only like, you know, me being 23 now, like, Oh, like it, it's like two years. It really exploded. Like it, it took me a long time. Honestly, it took me like a long time to develop, try, 
uh, fail at a lot of things. Like there was definitely a lot of product that I would, I would um, mock up and I thought were really nice and they definitely didn't sell. And <laughs> or maybe like, we would get like two orders on um, when I was in high school and I just remember like refunding people like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't make this. <laughs> <laughs> because nobody knew I didn't have stock. And um, so, you know, there was a lot of like uh, failures behind like previous things beforehand. And um, so it taught me a lot of things. And um, what really helped us though, was definitely like the Reddit pre-orders, like like having um, the proof that, wow, like this J shape is something that people would buy. Then, then I was just like, okay, I'm gonna go all in on this. <laughs> yeah. oh, well, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. and. It, when you were kind of starting this whole J-Shape thing, you, you self-funded everything, right? Yeah, so um, a lot of it was bootstrapped. Like we tried to do as much pre-order as possible. And then we also um, we also tried to kind of like, you know, we were like like around like friends, family, stuff like that. Um, also, I got like some, some uh, I went to a New York City, like city, city college, like community, so. So what was the challenges? Um, like when you decided to move from sewing your own pieces to manufacturing, what were the challenges that you had to go through? Mm. Um, challenges in terms of like finding manufacturers is definitely one. Um, finding the right manufacturers and finding, um, I worked, I remember like my first manufacturer actually, it was like this, he, he like had no idea what he was doing. Uh, he had no idea what he was doing. And, and like, it, it was like his first startup too. And um, we're on good terms, we're cool. You know, we're Facebook friends and all. Um, it's just like, he had no idea what he's doing. And, and uh, we kind of like, you know, like uh, to be fair, you know, I, I put, I put um, we decided to trust him on it. And, uh, but essentially this Bangladesh, uh, they were supposed to arrive in fall winter, can be a challenge starting out. And I think also, um, challenges would definitely include like hitting the minimums, you know, because I think at the time when, when I was younger, it, it definitely seemed like, man, like, um, even a hundred, 300 pieces is a lot of pieces, um, to kind of start at, but, um, and you know, you need capital to fund it and, um, things like that. And a younger founder and stuff like that has to go through and, um, or, or any person that's kind of like trying to start a new business has to go through. And, um, I think a lot of the, the challenges were more like psychological in a sense of uh, mindset and, and where like, you know, where your business is going to grow is really factored into where the entrepreneur's mind is. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And so how, when you were going, um, when, you know, the pandemic happened, did you go through any struggles with achings or were you able to kind of stay afloat? Yeah. Um, so we definitely, we went, we like during the pandemic, like um, January to March, we definitely experienced like a 90% um, loss in sales, like in, in terms of, so in terms of like overall business, um, not just like A-Kings, but um, you know, I, I have a manufacturing business as well. And that manufacturing business was completely in a hole. And um, so it definitely was something like super, you know, it, it was definitely something that um, I'm really grateful for in terms of, um, you know, having gone through that, but also, you know, finding ways to, to grow through it. And then also, um, like my, my psycho psychological mind mm -hmm. could get through, like in terms of, there's a lot of roller coasters in there, in there for me, for sure. Um, but, um, I think February, I'm really great. One thing I was really grateful for was that, um, during February, I actually, um, went on a, a kind of like a financial summit and, but we went snowboarding during that summit. And, um, one of the things, that snowboarding really, really taught me for was kind of carving that mountain and going in and out 
um, going weaving in and out and kind of controlling the momentum, right? And um, I just remember like the first two days of going snowboarding, me kind of coming to a complete stop, falling, and um, it really put a lot of things into perspective in my head where, you know, every time that I felt like uh, maybe I'm going to crash, uh, even in life and like business and stuff like that, I would just come to a complete halt. Um, but I, it's just like, you know, while you're going snowboarding, you kind of realize like, hey, like, at least for me, I was like, wow, like this takes forever to build a momentum again. So um, one of the things like snowboarding really taught me and, and kind of like um, put in perspective for me on the business side for that year was, well, like, you know, if I'm, am I going to come to a complete stop, right? Like, you know, that, that um, loss of business is, is there, but hey, like, even if there's, if there's some sort of income coming in, um, you know, am I going to choose to come to a complete stop and just let the world uh, pick back up and open up? Or like, you know, is there something else I, I can pivot and try to pick up momentum because um, it's a lot harder to pick up momentum when, you know, when you come to that complete stop. Yeah. So um, that was something that, you know, really, uh, that, that was a really big lesson for me in, in terms of like 2020. Yeah, wow, that's, that's awesome yeah. to hear. And kind of curious too, how you've grown as a person throughout the years, let's say from age 18 to where you are today at 23, how has mentality and you as a person been changing and growing per year? Mm. Man, um, I think, I think 18 to 21s, maybe 20s or 21s was very much like um, super, super focused on not the brand and also almost like survival mode. Um, <laughs> survival mode in a sense of like um, trying to trying to get things off the ground in a sense, right? So, um, so I, I think like now one thing that's definitely changed for me has been as I'm getting older, I'm kind of, um, much, I'm way more aware of the people around me in terms of, um, the time that I spend with people. So I think like, you know, when you're 18, at least for me, it was just almost like still in high school kind of where you you see a person in the hallway, you're like, okay, cool. I'll see you later. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I think, you know, I'm just way more aware, like, wow, I see this photographer. I'm, I'm going to work with them for this one month for the shoot. Um, if I was to work with the same photographer for one time a year, um, for the next 10 years, that's 10 times I'm going to see this person. And, um, I just been way more aware of like how much time I'm spending with each person now. Um, and I think, that's been something like, especially this year, um, 2020, and then t- going on to 2021, that's um, evolved. And then also, um, I think as um, the business is growing, I'm thinking a lot more about other people and, and um, like not, not just like customers, but also like my team and things like that too. And um, I think in the very beginning, like when you're when you're younger and you're starting, you're kind of like, you're kind of taking care of yourself and you're trying to make sure like everything within you is, is good in a sense, like within your immediate. Um, so I feel like that's definitely something that um, has changed. And I think um, that evolution is very, it's very interesting. It's a very exciting for me. It gives a, it gives a bigger perspective in terms of like what, what else uh, can be done in life. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can relate to that perspective perspective as well. I mean, when you're first starting out, you just want to survive because you just don't know the uncertainty. Like you don't know if this is a possible idea, but as it becomes more possible, 
you realize that you couldn't, you cannot do it alone. And that the people around you who believe inside your mission that work so hard with you to achieve this goal are more important than the business itself. So that you change your mindset to survival to, okay, we're going to survive to, wow, these people believe in me. I got to take care of them. And that's exactly, yeah. I feel like that's a full entrepreneurial circle of how we feel, you know? doesn't matter if you're at, you started your company at 18 or 29 like I did. And I, I, I went through that journey too. It's like right now I'm like, oh crap, I just got to make sure all my team gets paid before I do because they believe in this mission that that, that we created, you know? And they believe in my crazy idea. They believe in me, what the hell? <laughs> so you just shoulder that responsibility. And I feel like the next evolution is like, after you take care of yourself, your business, your team, how can I make the world a better place? And I feel that's the next evolution for a lot of entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love how you're kind of evolving into the stage where you're just thinking about your team and thinking about, you know, your relationships with your customers. On that note, you know, I think one thing that is really noticeable about A Kings is like you built a community around your brand and you have a really good relationship with like all your customers and your team and everything like that. What are the some of some of the things that you do to maintain that relationship? Just to add on to that too, like we haven't talked to anyone that didn't like you. Everyone loved you, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah, the, the Asian community loves you. Yeah. Wow, wow. Thank, thank you. We, I love all Asian communities. <laughs> everybody, well, I love everybody too, but you know, special, special place for Asians too. Yeah. Um, in terms of, um, I mean, I, I think, you know, my life wouldn't be possible without without um, everybody's support, like, you know, and, and it's like, um, I'm really conscious of, of that too. And it's like, um, you know, me being able to do what I do every day, it's like, it really wouldn't be possible without the support of like so many people. So, um, you know, like, I think I'm just, I just wake up really grateful about that because, um, in the beginning, starting out when you have like no platform, it's just super fucking lonely. It's just like, it's honestly like the worst, like the worst, um, the worst part for me because was like, just when you put out things and it doesn't work, um, but you're just not sure if it doesn't work because your designs suck or if it's like, because you don't have enough people to watching it. <laughs> and, and that part, I'm like very grateful that at least now, like if my designs suck, I know, <laughs> and, um, you know, and, and I think I just wake up really grateful for that. So, um, even when I'm tired, like I was, I was telling my team this too, because like, you know, even when I'm tired, if it's like 12 AM and I haven't been, um, on lives or like commenting and like looking through um, people asking questions or things like that. I just, um, I, I like, that's actually where I kind of dig into. And I remember like, um, and you know, I'll, I, that's where like, you know, um, I'll go on live at like 1230 AM, even though I just, you know, I've been up since like 6 AM and, mm-hmm. um, and I'll spend that extra 30 minutes and an hour just talking to everybody on there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, I think that's, that's like definitely part of it. And on the, um, community side i also think you know like with social media what one thing that um i I can't really take credit for is you know like the algorithm of of way social media works and i think it's just super amazing and just um people being willing to share and like you know um tag people and um Mm -hmm. and you know it's just the way like facebook TikTok, and all these platforms work um they're kind of showing your stuff to people that are like-minded and like you and have similar interests and um i don't think you know without the algorithms and the way they're doing on the, whatever they're doing on the back end, that, um, it would have been possible too. So, um, I, I think, you know, we definitely take a lot of consideration into, you know, like our, like 
um, our customers and like people that are following us and supporting us. And I also think, um, I, I think I also try to find different um, things that resonate with me and um, kind of like opportunities or things that I, I would want to um, have if, if I wasn't in the shoes I am right now. So like one of the things, for example, recently was um, for our, our modeling, our modeling campaign. So, you know, we've been, you know, kind of doing the traditional, like, Hey, like we, we've had like agencies in New York that will email us all the time. Like, Hey, here's some new faces um, from our, our modeling agency you can use them. And, you know, it's usually comped because they're new faces. They need the experience and we're like somewhat of a reputable brand and stuff like that. But, um, that, that was really cool. And I was like, Hey, we've been doing this traditional model for some time. But, um, when I think about it, like, like how can we get more people involved? Like, you know, our community, we have people like customers even that are like, Hey, I want to, I want to take my shot into modeling and things like that. And, um, so uh, that's when I actually made that TikTok post and it was kind of just, you know, not really thinking like how big this would uh, maybe blow up and stuff like that. But it was just like, this is an opportunity that while wow, like as a creative, I wish I, I could have. And, you know, with social media, you don't need to go through an agency or try to apply to an agency. You can just work with us directly and, and apply in a sense. And um, so I, I think just um, as I think about more of those things and, and, um, I'm, I'm always listening to customers and things like that too. So, um, I start picking up on those things and as I see patterns, I kind of like make mental notes of them. And as it stacks, um, that's when I kind of build. So, you know, my team knows this too. And I, I know a lot of um, our customers know this too. It's like, you know, I'll literally, I'm, I'm the type of person where, you know, even like once a week or once a month, I'll, I'll literally go through our, um, our website chats to see like, um, what people are asking us, um, even though we have a team to do it. And, you know, I'll go through the info email reply and just scan through like different questions, just check a couple of them randomly. Um, you know, I'll, I'll look at all our comments, you know, which is, which has recently gotten like a little bit insane, but, but, you know, I'll spend at least X amount of time on it. Um, just to listen and, and see like where, you know, even on DMS and things like that, like just, just to listen. And I think that's where, um, a lot of it comes from. Wow. Wow. That is amazing. I think one thing to note is like you don't let anything stop you and you know exactly what you want. And when you want something like you find a way to get it. And like, you know, for example, you posting your first picture on Reddit, like just making that first step and taking those risks shows what kind of person you are. Right. And like posting on TikTok, like just taking those risks and, you know, bringing your audience to TikTok as well, make, making mental notes. All of those things are like stepping stones to get you to where you I do want to add on to the, the type of content that you've been creating too. It's been very vulnerable and we really enjoy watching every one of those videos you make on TikTok. <laughs> Prior to this, to this podcast, so we spent some time watching all your videos. We're like, wow, like Alan's so open and vulnerable to the public. And we, we really appreciate that because there's more to just a brand nowadays, you know? The brand has to have a soul and you are the soul. We see the soul within your company and that's that's so important and we want to make sure you get the recognition for that you know and we also did some research too we looked through all the reviews of your brand everyone says great quality love it just want to shout, shout <laughs> you all out there that you know quality quality stuff <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly so i'm very curious um what was your experience like doing your first fashion show like how did you even get into that so Actually, my first fashion show was an opportunity. Um, it was a partnership with a nonprofit, and it was um, we raised money. We raised money essentially for um, to where where the tickets would go to um, fight against uh, child trafficking. So 
uh, they essentially sponsored, you know, the, um, they essentially, it was called, the nonprofit is called uh, The Set NYC. And um, they essentially sponsored the church venue. And then they, you know, provided us like X number of seats for like our friends and family press and, you know, like maybe like customers and things like that. Um, and then we opened it up to like people that were just willing to buy tickets and um, also like customers as well and, and people like that. And um, so I think it, it was also um, just being a New York brand and, and the fact that, um, we were, you know, I was always trying to put myself and the brand out there. So, um, uh, Pim is a guy's name. He was super nice. And he, he just saw like the, the brand reached out. And, um, I, I just felt like, you know, even though we were super early, I think I, I made, I had to make like six to eight of the pieces really last minute. Oh. I just said, yes, <laughs> I just said yes. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. Um, and I, I think, um, a lot of the opportunities or things that um, have happened in my life has just been like, even if I don't feel like I'm ready for it and it's like coming up next month, I'm just like, yeah, I'm doing it. <laughs> and, um, and, and that's helped me, you know, kind of accelerate my timeline. Right. Because now I put like a, a date in front of it and it's like, okay, like I have to get this done by this date anyways, um, to get this, um, end result. And, um, that has really helped in our growth. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Yeah. Awesome. What's your goal for 2021 for yourself for A Kings? Yeah. Um, for for A Kings and and myself, I think you know we're um, we're definitely I'm I'm definitely a lot more aware now of like what's you know before we were always really aware of like what is possible with social media, but I think even now more so than ever, like, especially with, I know, um, like we talked a little bit about TikTok throughout this, um, like with TikTok, you know, we've been on TikTok for about maybe 45 days. I'm close, closing in on two months now. And, um, to go, I think in the first month we, we hit like hundred K or something on it. And, um, you know, just like, like it, I just feel like the opportunity of, um, getting yourself and your business and everything out there now is just way more accessible than ever. And, um, I think one of the goals now is just, is just like, you know, kind of doubling and tripling down on that because, uh, th this opportunity or this window is really short, you know, and I, and I almost, um, I don't think I necessarily missed it. For example, for Instagram, like, you know, I, I we built a, a, a following on Instagram, but I, I, it reminds me of like early Instagram, um, where you can post something and this thing can hit like 10,000 likes or something like that. Right. And, um, TikTok is really like that platform right now. So, um, one of my goals and, and the company, we're definitely trying to grow our, our social presence a lot more heavily. You know, we, um, we're, we're starting to track that more, especially on TikTok. And, um, I also think I, I want to share and, and, um, I want to share in a little bit more about, um, like my process, my journey also to, um, people like there, there's like, um, certain customers, a lot of our customers are creatives and they're, you know, I know a lot of them, um, have different aspirations and dreams and stuff like that too. So, um, I really want to, uh, start, you know, getting a little bit more narrow on some of the content we're making. Um, so, um, that's why, for example, like on our YouTube now we're, um, I'm doing those podcasts and stuff like that for um, people that are you know interested in maybe like entrepreneurship or, um, for like starting their own brand, things like that. Um, and, you know, I, I also like, you know, started, um, sharing a lot more, even, especially on TikTok, uh, kind of like personal finance stuff where, um, because it's, it's, you know, as, um, I'm growing. I'm also aware like our, our customers and people that are following me are growing too. And, um, I look at it like, well, like I wish, um, these are some of the things I wish I knew at uh, say like 18 or 17, 16 and so on. And, um, 
So I feel like if it can help even, you know, a small percentage of those people, then it's worth it. You know, it doesn't have to be like relevant to everybody, honestly, um, uh, to me at least where I feel like, um, I'm just do putting out stuff that I feel like I wish, um, somebody else had done, you know, in a sense. Yeah. Awesome. awesome. And Alan, we have uh, one last question for you and that's what advice would you give to an aspiring entrepreneur? I think, um, so I think there's, there's this one thing that, um, I'm, I'm like conscious of the other podcast because I'm, I'm trying to not repeat some of the things. That's why. Um, yeah. So, um, I, I think though, like one thing that, um, we touched on like throughout this entire process, right. Is like that big goal, like that big goal idea or like, um, and, and I think one thing that's like really important for entrepreneurs, especially is, you know, everybody has like a really big goal or where, where they want to, um, wherever they want to get to is, is always going to be a really big goal. And, um, like making sure that you set that goal closer and closer and closer to you is, is one of the most important things I think, um, in my life in terms of realizations. And, um, one of the realizations I've had about that was really, um, you know, when I went skydiving. So like in that skydiving, um, process, you know, it's kind of like the night before the day of, as you're climbing up in the sky, you're just like, fuck, like, this is like, why, why am I here? I don't know if I want to jump out of a plane right now. Um, this is not really like this, like, holy shit. I don't know if I can do this. Right. And, Uh and, um, there's a couple of things in skydiving though, like that are really, really interesting to me where it's like, you know, they have you sign this waiver and go, Hey, like you may die in this process. (laughs) And and so this is like what you're signing right right before you do that, uh, right before you go and uh, for this tandem jump. And it tells you like no parachute is perfect. No, no, no jumpers, uh, no tandem jumpers. Perfect. Right. Like, um, you may die (laughs) (laughs) show here like 50 times. And, um, so it, it, but in this process, like while you're doing that, you know, it's kind of like, you know, um, uh, you're, you're also going to be noticing there's other skydivers that are jumping and landing, you know, there's tandem jumpers that have been doing this like 15 different times, um, that throughout the entire day already, they, they probably jumped like a thousand times throughout the year. Um, so in this process, you know, I, when you're just starting out as an entrepreneur, I, I would kind of look at it in that life lessons like that. Like, you know, look for those people that have already done it. Like look for those role models that have survived, that are, that are weathering that storm, that have gone through multiple jumps in a sense. And, and like, you know, try to find those people, right. And, and those role models. And, um, and if they've done it, you know, then you have uh, proof that, you know, you have proof in a sense that it's possible for you. Like, I think um, a perfect example of this is, you know, like, uh, the, I remember the, uh, the first man who ran the, um, six minute mile, right? Like before then everybody thought that was impossible. Like they thought if you ran a six minute mile, um, humans would just die. Like you would just die as a person, your legs would give out and, um, it's just over. Right. Um, but the moment that that person ran that six minute mile, I think the next Olympic, um, maybe literally like three or four people all did six minute miles. Um, and now, you know, like, the, like a normal high school kid, I think can run like a six minute mile if they're consistently running. So it's just like the, the, the psychology and the belief is super important. And just knowing that it's possible and finding those role models or those people, um, that is like one of the most important things, especially if you're an entrepreneur starting out and you're kind of like scared or you're like, I don't know if I'm going to start. Um, and it doesn't have to be in your industry, you know, like just hearing, hearing those stories that I think, you know, like even, um, like that's where I think is like finding those role models, hearing those stories, it, it's really going to help, um, just get your head into that, uh, psychological state of this is possible because if you don't believe it, then, you know, you're, you're already dead at that point. 
Oh my gosh, Alan, that was like the first time I ever heard that advice. That's so amazing. I love that analogy. <laughs> I'm like speechless for now. I'm just sitting here. <laughs> wow, that's good. <laughs> Every time I, I feel fear, I'm going to think of myself falling out of a, a plane going skydiving. <laughs> awesome. And how can our listeners learn more about you online? Yeah, so um, I have uh, we have a YouTube channel set up. It's, it should be um, Alan King NY. I don't have the actual link, I don't, but we can, we can have Vinny send it over as well. And um, the uh, Instagram is Alan King, A-L-A-N-K-I-N-G. Um, TikTok is Alan King NY. We do have to get our usernames in order. It's a little bit of a mess right now. <laughs> um, but uh, I will be, and then, you know, we, we also share, I share a lot on, you know, like Instagram and TikTok and um, I'm starting to do YouTube. One of the goals for 2021 actually is to really get more involved into YouTube and um, especially as more people are interested in, in, um, in what, what I'm sharing and stuff like that. Like it's definitely something that I'm going to be doing. Awesome. awesome. We're looking forward to all your continued success. And thank you so much, Alan, for being on the podcast today. Yeah, it was awesome having you on the show. It was great hearing your story. Thank, Thank you, Alan. Alan, for having me. Yeah. All right. Bye. Hey, guys. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe to the show. We would like to get to the top 10 on iTunes, so be sure to leave us a five-star review. We release an episode every single Wednesday, so stay tuned. Thank you guys so much.